Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is make a small change to disconnect at work. And we're also going to have our chat with with Christina. We're going to be looking at uncovering the real problem. But right now, we're going to pop over to the Institute of Managers and Leaders and have a chat with the CEO, Dave Pish, about accidental managers. Good afternoon, Dave. Hi there, Julian. How are you going? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us. And it's an interesting uh, uh, title there, Accidental Management. Can you explain what an accidental manager is? Yeah, of course. And thanks so much for having me on your um, your, your show. That's uh that Harvard Business Review tip sounds uh, sounds fantastic, so I'll definitely be tuning in for that myself. Um, so, yeah, the accidental manager, I think it's one of those um, phrases that I would, I would bet that your listeners have heard an awful lot of. And um, the interesting thing is when we started investigating the concept of the accidental manager about 12 months ago, we realized that there wasn't too much in the way of solid definition around it. So the Institute decided to do a little bit of research into it and uh, some investigation amongst our membership. And um, we have a very clear definition of it now, and I'll I'll tell you what it is. Um, Mm. So an accidental manager is somebody who, by dint of their technical expertise, becomes a manager. And, And they become a manager because they have typically been seen as the best um, the best technical person in their department or in their company. Mm. So the organisation believes that because they've done well technically, they have everything manager. that they need. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They, they, you know, and they and they get promoted almost by, if you like, accident into mm. a management position. Mm. And then, of course, um, everything goes wrong. So, so what advice can you provide to someone who has perhaps recently been promoted from one of these specialist roles into a management position? Yeah, sure. No, it's, it's worth saying at this point that um, that quite often it, the, the term accidental manager is associated with, you know, our, our friends in, in accounting roles, for example, mm. or in legal roles. Now, the, the Institute actually doesn't find that at all. We do, we do, of course, find accidental managers in those roles, but we find them in all kinds of roles, sales, marketing, um, HR. Many of these places are also guilty of promoting people from technical areas into management positions. And we think that there are some things that both the organization can do and the manager themselves to make sure that they don't manage by accident, but they manage with intent. And what we advocate for, what we call the six layers of intentional leadership, six things that people can do. Now, I won't go into all of them, of course, because we don't have time, but I'll give you a couple. Um, The first one is that we would strongly recommend that anybody looking to get into a management position or in a management position with with very little management experience, we would absolutely recommend that they find a mentor. Yeah. Yeah, somebody outside of the Mm. business and, and potentially even outside of the discipline that they're in, be it accounting or legal or HR or sales or whatever. We find somebody, we, we recommend that they find somebody who can be a sounding board, somebody that they can go to and ask advice on this complex and, and, and difficult world of managing people and being a manager within a business. So mm. mentoring is something that we'd recommend that people get involved in. Mm. So, so what can organisations do to better prepare employees for moving up into these management positions? Well, you know, 
um, you're asking the the sixty four thousand dollar question there, Julian, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to answer it. I'm going to answer it really simply. Organisations need to start investing more in leadership development, yeah. and they, they need to. The, the question that we ask our corporate members of the institute, and we have about twelve hundred of those, is we we ask a very simple question when we go and meet them. We ask, "What are you doing to develop?" your leaders? What are you investing in the development of your leaders? Because the problem with accidental managers is they can either, and we, we call it the chaos of the accidental manager, they can cause chaos, or they can get very demotivated and they can leave. And all of those mm. things have a cost on the business. Mm. So we talk, we talk to organizations about investing in management development and mm. leadership development. Mm. So we see it as an investment, not a cost. And, of course, you made the, the point there that uh, they could leave, but also if they're not good managers, their uh, subordinates could be leaving too. So that could have, have uh, added cost to the organization. So you've used the term uh, leading with intention. What do you mean by leading with intention? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when we started investigating and researching this concept of the accidental manager, what we realized was that there wasn't an alternate term, uh, which sounds a bit strange, really, you know, um, there's an awful lot of work and um, stuff online. If you like, if you go into Google, you can see an awful lot about um, mm. accidental manager, but you don't see what we call the antidote, you know, the opposite. So we at the Institute... Um, through our research, came up with the phrase intentional leader. And we talk about the journey from accidental manager to intentional leader. And we, we believe in many ways that the, the, the intentional leader is the opposite of the accidental manager. And mm. it's somebody who takes proactive steps to be a better manager that doesn't leave their um, promotion, their journey from technical specialist to a management position to, to chance. So we talk, um, if you like, about grasping the nettle. And this could involve a number of things, but typically it involves taking action so that you are a better leader and a better manager. And one of the examples for, you know, that, that I could give, and I've already mentioned it, is go out there and find a mentor. Yeah. It, it implement, for example, a 360-degree feedback process with your team and with the people above you and with the people below you so that you know what people think of your management and leadership style. Now, now some of your listeners may be sitting there thinking, oh, that sounds incredibly scary. It is And, scary. of course, it is. <laughs> it is. And, and, you know, that, that phrase, grasping the nettle, is an interesting one because that's a scary thing to do. Mm. But we, we absolutely recommend that to be an intentional leader, you have to take action in your management and leadership journey. Because mm. if you don't, things can go wrong very, very badly. I can remember grasping nettles when I was a young kid over in England. <laughs> uh, so, so you've mentioned the importance of having a mentor. Uh, are there any other quick tips or takeaways for managers and leaders take away today to be a better lead with intention? Yes, yeah, so, so absolutely. So one of them, as, as you've mentioned, is go and grab a mentor. And uh, there are plenty of mentoring programs around mm, there. Mm. Um, there's one that your um, your listeners could look up called Member Exchange. That's the one the Institute runs. Mm. Um, we would absolutely recommend the implementation of a 360-degree feedback process. Mm, mm. And uh, there are plenty of 360-degree feedback tools that are very, very simple. And many of them are free and downloadable online, but you can get much more sophisticated ones that are relatively inexpensive. 
Um, in addition to that, we absolutely recommend that people get involved in what we call continuous professional development. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't have to be a kind of complex, highfalutin system, but we, we believe that managers and leaders should research, should read, and should keep abreast of the latest thinking in management and leadership. They should go along to talks. They should listen to your show and hear about the Harvard Business Review tips, that kind of stuff. Because it's very easy to get left behind in management and leadership and to become, for want of a better word, outdated in your management and leadership thinking. And intentional leaders don't do that. They ride the crest of the wave. Mm, Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Dave. Uh, We'll have a chat with you another time and catch those other uh, six items that you've mentioned. (laughs) Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Dave Pitch there, the CEO of the Institute of Managers and Leaders, with some very important points. And I, from my own experience, I know over the years, a lot of people just get promoted and then really don't know where to start. So very good to keep doing that research and keep uh, improving yourself, personal development. Time to pop over for our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, and yourself, I hope. Yes, I am, and it's, I'm, I'm wondering at the sunniness. I thought it was meant to be raining all day. No, it's going to be partly cloudy, it said. But, uh, okay. And all the rain, I think, has gone away looking at the radar, so that's good. Okay. So, so we're going to talk about uncovering that real problem. Yes, yeah, so this came to light this week um, during a design thinking workshop, and what we usually ask a client is, you know, what, what, what is the underlying problem that you that you want to work on? So we were presented with a problem and, you know, we'd had several discussions and this was the the problem that the client wanted to work on. But when we actually drilled down, what we found out was that was the surface problem. And there were actually two underlying problems that had, that were the cause of this particular problem. Like, I I don't actually want to say what it is because I don't want to identify anyone. But that whole concept of what is the real problem. And we make assumptions around the problems that we're having and the reasons for these problems all the time. And there is a, 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 an example that I can talk about, and it, it comes from a, a group of students that worked on a project at Stanford University, and they worked on an embrace um, concept that, that was uh, a, almost like a, a sleeping bag that transported infants from villages to hospitals in order to get them into humidity cribs um, when there were life-threatening problems around premature births or whatever. But in the first instance, what the, the problem that had been assumed was that the hospitals needed more humidity cribs, and if the hospitals had more humidity cribs, less children would die. The more they delved into what was going on and the more they found that the humidity cribs in the hospitals weren't even being used, um, the more they realised the problem was back at the village. When they went back to the village, the problem was that the mothers had to walk you know, four or five days to get to the hospital to get the, the children into the humidity cribs or the babies into the humidity cribs, and they realised that was, that was never going to happen. They were never going to make the distance. So the problem moved from let's create a, a cheap version of a humidity crib to we really need to come up with a different device or a different system in order to get these babies to, mm. um, to the hospitals. Mm. And the, the other thing that surfaced around that was um, so the, the, you know, as Westerners, we like to measure everything. We like to know when we're at the right temperature. We like to know, you know, when things are all, all okay and everything's working as it should be. So what they had on this Embrace um, sleeping bag was a, a, a thermostat that lit up and said 37 degrees. It actually said 78 degrees um, because it was a, a U.S. product. 
uh, and when it hit that, it lit up and it had the number on it. And then when when the mothers weren't using it, and so they were asked, what is it that, that stops you using it to save the newborns now? And they said, well, Western medicine overdoes everything. If you tell us to take two tablets, we're going to take one. So if we see 78, we're going to, we're going to go, you know, 36 or whatever half of 78 is. Mm. So we make assumptions all the time about the expectations from the end user and that's where we don't identify what the real problems are. And if we don't identify what the real problems are, the surface problems are going to continue because we, we need to get down to the underlying cause of things in order to fix them. And of course, that opens the way for our innovation, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's, this has been these problems or situation has been around for years and years and years. I can remember 30 years ago, I worked for a major insurance company and uh, it was in the days where we had switchboards. So we had a a switchboard with about 20 uh, ladies answering the telephones and we couldn't keep up with the calls. So someone decided, well, because we can't keep up with the calls, we need to double the number of uh, phones in our switchboard. And when we looked at the real problem, the problem was that our... uh, uh, claims department and our assessing department weren't getting back to the customers and if they'd been getting back to the customers all the other calls wouldn't have been coming in unfortunately we didn't expand the switchboard we uh, we solved the problem other ways but you know yeah. it's as you say it's important to get in and find out what the real problem is yeah, and you do that, you know, you and I know that you do that by interviewing people and having discussions. So where is the block? And, you know, it's amazing how even particularly with this problem yesterday, the recurring theme kept coming up, kept, and we just, we, at that point in time, we just changed the whole structure and went, well, this is really the issue that we need to be dealing with. And I think that's crucial that you need to be flexible, you need to be agile, you need to be listening intently, and in order to listen, you need to ask the questions. So if, you know, if, the, if there is a business that's having um, a stagnant time or if there's a business that's going through a tough time, you kind of go, why is this happening? What needs are we not fulfilling, first internally and, and also of our customers? Because we know there's various stakeholders. You know, you're, all you're, the people that work for you are your, great, are your major stakeholders, your management stakeholders, your board stakeholders, your consumers, stakeholders, community stakeholders. We need to be referring to all our stakeholders and really listening to what the problems they're, they're having with our product or service. And, of course, as you say, listening is important. Listening to the operators, too, I mean, on pr- production lines and things like that, we often don't refer back to the person that's actually doing the job who probably knows the answer, as, as opposed to us thinking we know. Yeah, and or we see the surface problem mm. instead of going to where the problems are actually happening. And, yeah. and you know, they might say, hey, we're under-resourced. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got fifty calls coming in. We can only take two, and therefore you're only getting two opportunities at the top of the chain instead of the fifty that are coming in. Well, let's hope we can resolve it and not keep doing this for the next thirty years. I hope so, Julian. <laughs> Thanks for your time. We'll have a chat again next week. We will look forward to it. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Christina there with Uncovering the Real Problem. And, yeah, I've, I've seen it over my career over and over again, so it really hasn't got away. Often we need to look at the real problem, not just the uh, what end result. It's time for a Harvard Business Review tip. And uh, as Dave said earlier, it's very good to listen to these little tips because they're just quick and sharp and they're things we should think about. This one here is make a small change to disconnect from work. We know that working excessive hours leads to exhaustion and impaired judgment, yet it's still so hard for many of us to disconnect. 
make it easier by thinking small. Rather than trying to modify all of your work habits, find one thing that you can change about your behaviour and start there. For example, try uh, leaving your smartphone in another room when you get home at night so you won't be tempted to check your work emails. Or spend a few minutes learning how to program the emails you send in the evening to arrive first thing in the morning. That way you're not sucked into a back and forth with colleagues at all hours. Or find new enjoyable activity to fill your time. Take up biking, join a sports club or sign up for baking lessons or do something that gets your mind right out of the business. So it's interesting little points there and we all suffer from that for a while. So today's program has looked at a few of the problems that we do face in in business and management. Uh, We spoke with Dave about uh, the accidental manager to potential leader and we often get thrown into management roles in our careers at some stage without necessarily having the the good training or at least researching to find out what do I need to be doing as a manager and he talked about that uh, very dangerous, well I won't say dangerous, it can be hurtful sometimes, 360, asking people what they think of you as a manager. Very, very eye-opening if you've ever done that. And also Christina helped us to understand that we often need to uncover the real problem rather than just looking at the, the surface. Well thank you for being with me. Next week we're going to chat with lawyer John Woodward who is a, a a lecturer here at the university. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Henry Ford once said, paying attention to simple little things that most men neglect makes a few men rich. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.